Don't Tap Podcast. Don't Tap Podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. Don't Tap Podcast back. Uh, UFC New York, uh, Big Apple. Here we go. We got some picks for you, some plays for you, some props for you. And yes, we have some dogs. Pretty dog heavy this week for um, the Don't Tap card. So first and foremost, we will start off with our biggest play of the week. You know how we do. We usually bring three plays to the table. It's only me again this week. Um, I will be bringing, you're going to get about four or five spots that we're going to be looking at. Um, but the first one that I, I touched right away and, and, you know, the line earlier in the week was sitting around minus 140. That's when we put the play out, but it hovered around minus 140 to minus 150. And now we're sitting about minus 174 Lupita Godinez. Um, so Godinez coming in against, uh, Tabitha Ricci, Tabitha Ricci 9-1-0, Lupita 11-3-0, and um, really it's a styles thing here. We have both girls that, that can strike. We have maybe Ricci who, you know, people are trying to look at the Callum Walsh effect and congratulations to him on his, his, you know, or his decision win, uh, yesterday. But if we're looking at it, I mean, tape on, and, and her actually like striking and hitting mitts can look good, but how is that going to translate into, into the cage? And it hasn't translated perfectly into the cage so far. Right, so I think that Godinez hits harder. I think that if they strike, although you may see Richie get some some moments, um, I think Godinez is going to eventually press her back and 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 land on her pretty heavy. Um, but people are going to look at it as Richie's jujitsu, and that's what they're going to th- they're going to play out here. That's why a lot of people are heavy on Richie this week. I just think that if we have stylistically a matchup where we have wrestling versus jujitsu in an MMA realm, I'm going to take wrestling. Because wrestling comes with strikes from the top. And I just don't see, like, Ricci catching Godinez in anything. So, you know, I, I just see Godinez likely riding on her on the cage for a little bit. Taking her down at points. But I don't really see it going to be... It's not going to be like a, a, you know, her picking her up and slamming her or anything crazy like that. It's going to be a very closely contested fight. But I just think that the wrestling edge is going to be there. I think there's just going to be a little bit more of a dominant uh, position. It may even be a little bit lackluster where Godinez is just sort of holding onto the hips, landing a, a big, a big shot overhand on the cage. I, I just, I just see Godinez winning this fight. And at minus 140 was when the line originally opened now minus 170. Um, but I see if, if, if you like Ricci, that, that there's a level to this. She's definitely at the level. Um, this is going to be a great fight. And I know that everybody is either on one side or the other. Um, I just look at it from a, a you know, people could say it's a homer play again because she's Canadian or Mexican Canadian. The reality, the fact is, it's just a, it's a stylistic thing for me. It's, it's wrestling versus jujitsu in the MMA realm where they can get hit. And what what happens to jujitsu practitioners when they get hit? Their belt color starts to shade away. So, um, for me, give me a Lupita Godinez all day long. Next play that we will look at on the card is my. I guess sort of dog of the week, but I have a couple of those. So we'll take a look at is Vyacheslav Borshev against Nazem Sadikov. Um, man, I, I mean, I'm big on Naz. I'm big on, um, he's just one of the better, well-rounded guys coming up. I think um, wrestling pretty solid, damaging with his strikes. Like he's, he's, he's not just trying to go in there and just sort of point fight you. He, he's got an intent behind what he's doing. He's trying to set you up and trying to put you out of there. Um, so definitely like the guy. Um, the only thing is, man, with this fight, Vacheslav, everybody's shitting on him right now. And the reason why I think he's the dog is because he gets taken down. He's been taken down a lot in his fights, right? So we look at, um, 
let's take a look at these stats. Let's take a look at why the number is where it is. He's bounced around from plus 103 to plus 125 all week. And if we're looking at it, um, Borshev was taken down nine times in his uh, two fights ago, sorry. Three fights ago, he was taken down by uh, Dia Casey 11 times. So Davis takes him down nine times. Dia Casey takes him down 11 times. But he got up every time. He scrambled and got up every time. And there was little control time in those fights. And he's just damaging when he lands. He's not a guy that's, you know, is going to sit in there for three rounds and try to stay on the outside and land. He's going in a little bit more than Noswood and he's going to end you. Um, and if you step in, he's going to land either body work as he steps aside or he's going to land a big counter hook. Like it's, you're, you're going out. Like he's just pure damage. Um, the, the juxtaposition is he's the nicest guy in the world. That's why Uriah Faber gave him the name Slava Claus. But I'm telling you right now, this guy is not nice. Like he's not nice. He gets in the cage and he destroys souls. So give me Slava Claus at plus 125 when we, when we locked it in. Um, I was even looking at potentially the KO because I think that's how it finishes. But I like Slava in this one. Give me Slava all day. Um, so that is one of our dog plays of the week. Let's go Slava class. He sees you when you're sleeping because he puts you there. Okay, so this would technically, I guess, be the dog of the week because of the plus money on it. But I just couldn't shy away from this one. And I, I know it, it's almost like I've just been following this line and following this woman into the grave with the, the free fight, three fight losing streak she's been on. Um, so Jessica Andrade is someone I believed in. I mean, she was a murderer less than a year ago, right? Uh, over, a little over a year ago, she was an absolute murderer, a killer, and everybody was singing her praises like she was the, the, per, the sure thing. She was anchoring your parlays. And then she comes into a fight. She takes a fight, I believe, on short notice again against uh, Aaron Blanchfield, gets submitted, rear naked choke. Um, Aaron Blanchfield's a phenom. Then she comes in against uh, Yan Zhaonan and... Um, Comes in, I believe, another short notice, gets KO'd. Boom. And then against Tatiana Suarez, who's been out for a long time, but is at a level. Let's be really serious here. Comes in with a guillotine choke. Um, and and really, she fought five times, I think. Five? Yeah, is that right? Five times? She fought four times in the last year. Um, and not too long before that, she got her submission win over... Amanda Lemos, so it would have been like, she's fought, she's been active as hell, and she's hungry for a paycheck, and everybody thinks that she's done, but I just think this is a Styles thing. I think that if we look at Andrade against Dern, everybody's expecting the unicorn that came out last time, and pressed against um, Angela Hill, and just styled on her, and I just, I don't see that, and, and, and it was more pressure, but just some big, like she's got power, don't get me wrong, but she just throws those rocks out on strings and hopes they land. Um, I just think Andrade's going to counter her and catch her. I, I think that the power's there. The hands are way better on Andrade's side. And I think that Dern's going to try to scramble in with that shit. And Andrade's just not going to have any of it. And then what's, like, what are we talking about with, with Dern's wrestling? It's not there, right? And, and, and sure, it could have got better, but we just haven't seen that as a wrinkle at all, ever. It, it hasn't really been a thing. So maybe it's happening in the back of the rooms and we haven't seen it play out in the cage. Don't, don't want to be ignorant to that. But everybody's betting on the unicorn favorite that came out, which is the, the divorced uh, Mackenzie Dern, right? Everybody makes the joke about it, but she's angry, dealing with some shit that she's going on. She came out real angry last fight. She even said herself and threw down. Great. Not happening this fight. Jessica Andrade plus 170 is a fucking steal in this matchup. Matchups make fights. Um, I don't want to say this is a levels thing because Mackenzie Dern is at a high, high level. But this is a matchups thing. This is purely a matchups thing. 
And I just don't see that Dern's going to be able to get this to the ground and um, take on Drawed Out. Now, in a flip, if a, if Dern just enters, takes her down quick and submits her, then Andrade's obviously done, right? Then then that everybody's narrative that she's just done is, is it. But she had some pretty high-level competition with matchups on short notice that she just went in and I don't think she really put a... I don't think she put enough respect into those fights. So if we're looking at this one, uh, she's got to know that if she doesn't win this one, it's probably it for her, right? She wants to keep that payday coming. She's got to win. She's got to win in emphatic fashion and go out there and, and, and even get a bonus. So give me Jessica Andrade. I think uh, it's a steal right now in this matchup. I think the striking is just not even close. I think on the ground, um, we don't want to see her on her back, obviously. But I think that in certain situations, she should be just fine. Um, give me Jessica Andrade all day long. Plus 170. Bam! Dog of the week. This isn't one that I will touch on for too long, but it's just a prop that um, I liked. Um, I just think that Benoit Saint-Denis and Matt Favola is going to end inside the distance. And I think that everybody looked at Saint-Denis and how, you know, he's durable and durable and been in all these wars. But I just think that these two are going to throw down. It's going to be pretty nasty. Um, and they're going to land and, and someone's going out. And I just think that when you have Favola, who's now on this this sort of, I like the momentum swing that he's had for himself as well too. Same with Saint-Denis. But we have a guy who has so much power in his hands. I'm not even going to take the dog money. I want the KO. So give me the KO. Matt Frivola, plus 300. This is the one low on the ticket that if it doesn't hit, I'm okay. I'm all right. But then if nothing else on my ticket hits, but that one hits, that's just that anchor there. If it all hits, obviously beautiful. But for me, this is just more of a a prop play at the bottom of the ticket. It's not one that's going to necessarily, we're, we're looking at hitting. You want to sprinkle a little bit on it. You know, maybe depending on, I don't know how your unit size would be. But um, just sprinkle a little on this one. Matt Frivola, Benoit Saint-Denis. I mean, you can look at it whatever way you want. I just think it's going to be violence. It's not going the distance, this one, obviously. So Frivola, I think, by KO is the best way to attack this, plus 300. There's not even, I mean, he wins by a decision, then I'm just going to take my hat off and burn it. All right, next pick, we're going to take a look, actually, at the main event. So quickly, um, Alex Pereira, Yuri Prohaska, Yuri Prasa coming in 29-3-1. Alex Pereira coming in at uh, 8-2-0. So with this one, it's just, for me, I just look at, I'm going to tell you my path to victory for Pereira, I think. You know, everybody thinks he's going to come in very sound, structured, and, and um, you know, run more of a fundamental game versus the wild Prohaska who's coming to come in all crazy. I think that his leg kick is going to play like directly it's going to be pivotal in this fight it's going to be drastically important for him to be able to utilize the leg kicks to actually keep um Prosca corralled and slowly funnel him down towards the counter um so what i mean is Prosca moves all over the place angles he's changing all the time and he's coming in from so many different sides you want to try to minimize that space he's covering so if you can start to take chop away at that leg but also start to move him one way and the other, both sides. If you can leg kick with both with both sides um, and try to keep him sort of corralled in this little cage sort of in front of him. Um, I know that's hard to say, but I mean, if you can slowly do that by just making him pay, making him pay with those leg kicks. Um, people don't like them. Nobody likes them. And, and it's not necessarily to say that it's going to put Prosca out. He's going to take his leg right out, but it's going to make him think about them. He's going to make him not move around as much and keep him sort of in this this area where he can then be caught. And what Alex is going to want to then do is just sort of catch him with a counter and or a simple combination. That's it. And that's all he's looking to do. 
um, close that distance, and but he's going to have to keep him sort of corralled. And I think to corral him, if that makes sense, with, with some leg kicks, um, it just makes complete sense to me. Um, obviously, the hook's always there um, to sort of keep you honest as well, too. So for me, Alex Pereira is the play. I just think that although Prosca may have some ground advantage, I don't think it's enough for it to be like dominance anywhere. I don't think it's going to really play there. It's playing on the feet. These two are going to throw down. Um, Prosky's been dropped multiple times in multiple fights. And although Pereira, everybody was saying, oh, maybe the, the weight, the power isn't translated at this weight class, I just see him knocking him out. Um, he's not getting up from this one. Uh, it's just not happening. Alex Pereira is going to be the new champ and new, plus 125 by KO, minus 120 money line. Um, you know, this is the main event play. It's not that this is necessarily on my ticket, but it's the main, we always have to pick a main event. This is how I'm looking at the main event. Um, Alex Pereira, give me it. Now, this is a sneaky little parlay. I'm not even going to get into a deep uh, it, it breakdown on this one. It's just two guys, I think, that um, are going are gonna to win prospective fights, and it's a good plus money um, parlay. So if we look at it, so for the Don't Tap Parlay this week, we're going to go with Jared Gordon and John Castaneda. So I, I just, for me, I think with Madsen, with, you know, Everything he's had going on um, outside of the cage, having to move, not having a fight camp. Um, and then also what we've seen in the cage, it hasn't really translated. He has a good jab, can keep people off with his jab. The wrestling is always a threat. And I think that's more why he's been given more respect on the feet. But it, it's not really coming together, I don't think. It, but there is that highest level of wrestling that if he always grabs you and holds you down, that's going to be it. But I don't know. I, I think that for Mark Madsen, I, I just, him coming in, I know he is the dog in this one, so people are sort of sprinkling it right now. But it, he didn't look good against Grant Dawson. Like, it, it really didn't didn't look good. And I know that Grant Dawson is also at this, you know, this high level now, too, where he's just taking everybody down and ragdolling them. I know, coming off his KO loss to Bobby Green. But still has that level as well, too. But I just, I don't know, man. I just think Jared Gordon's going to be able to do enough to mix up enough with the striking all the in-between stuff, between the striking, closing the distance to the wrestling, I think it's just going to wear on Madsen. I think he does everything way, way better as far as uh, he's a more well-rounded fighter. He's more of a mixed martial artist. And Madsen hasn't really put that together. He's a jab wrestler. That's what we've seen for the most part, and that's it. And I just don't see him winning that one. So I think that, you know, Jared Gordon, money line by itself right now, he's over minus 210 now. Uh, when I put the line out earlier, it was about minus 180, I think, when, when it was paired up with John Castaneda. Um, Castaneda has been somebody that I backed quite a bit. And, you know, I, I just am a believer. I think the, 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 another really well-rounded fighter. Um, wrestling pretty solid, pretty sound. He sort of let himself get out of fights where he's let guys sort of get ahead. And I don't know if it's in his own head or if it's more of a mental thing, but it's not really, it doesn't really seem that, there's been guys like, for instance, Willie Cat. I don't think that he has more talent than Castaneda. I think that Castaneda let him get ahead in the fight and then gave him way too much respect. So I think there's there may be a little bit of a mental thing going on. I don't want to overthink it or anything, but um, Castaneda just, he can play either an outside game and sort of play that matador with you, but he also can play an aggressive game where he wants to, you know, force you to make a move and then he can take you down as well too. So both guys are pretty evenly matched. I just think that um, Castaneda is just going to have the edge on the feet be able to land a little bit more, um, be cleaner with his entries, cleaner with his exits. Um, and then 
as far as the wrestling goes, I just think it's going to sort of cancel itself out. Both guys have decent wrestling. Average roughly about two takedowns a fight. And really when it comes down to it, the takedown defense, I mean, both, if you're looking at it, what is what are they sitting at? Kung Yo Kang coming in with 70%, Castaneda 71%. So, I mean, really, they're really evenly matched. It's going to be a good fight. But uh, I just think Castaneda stylistically on the feet is going to be the difference. It's going to play out on the feet mostly. And uh, so for me, I like Castaneda on this side. So we go with the two gentlemen. Uh, we have Castaneda coming in with um, Jared Gordon. So Jared Gordon, John Castaneda, plus 153, don't tap parlay. So let's go down the card. I've already told you, Alex Pereira, main event. Next, I've gone back and forth on this one. But give me some Tommy Aspinall. So I'm going to go Tommy Aspinall on the co-main. Jessica Andrade, Matt Provola. I'm going to go Pat Sabatini, Steve Ursic, Lupita Godinez, Matus Rubeski, Vacheslav Borshev, Jared Gordon, John Castaneda. Joshua Van and Jamal Emers. Those are my picks for UFC New York. Um, now we have my plays; they are pretty well locked in. I know the lines. I want to try to get the podcast out earlier, so then that way, when I put out lines, you know, if you're not following me on Instagram or social media, you're able to get the lines out, or at least close to what I've talked about. Um, but until we do that, I will do my best to try to get you what, what I can on Twitter, Instagram, and or anything else. So for the Don't Tap Podcast, we out.